Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, the world has gone nutty, buddy, buddy. Even downright cruddy, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still buddy cast. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on Buddy Cast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. We're back! It's another episode of BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Joining me today is the lovely first lady of BuddyCast, Jessica. How you doing, honey? I'm good. How about you? Doing great. Happy to be back on my show. And joining us today is a very special guest, a friend of Jessica's, a friend of mine. He is the superintendent. Did I get that correct? Or supervisor? Supervisor? Yep. He's the supervisor of the, um, it just escaped my name. Please explain your title again. So first of all, hey, buddies. Hi, buddy. I am thrilled to be here with you and especially with Jessica. So, but uh, no, I'm David Tuttle. I'm the superintendent for the Worcester County Sheriff's Office in uh, Worcester County, Massachusetts. Thank you. That's what I was the superintendent of the Worcester County Sheriff's Department. This just means we have to bring you out here more often so you can learn the lingo of all the towns and cities and stuff. So, absolutely. Yeah. We'll be down there more. Trust us. We're planning on Christmas. Nice. So, I got to start off by asking you. How did your career journey begin? Take us down that road. What led you into the field of work you're doing today? So I, I have I have a very diverse career background. I, I someone told me once you give a pretty good career day uh, presentation. So I actually I went to Worcester State uh, University. It was Worcester State College when I went to there uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts, and I have a degree in economics. But over the years, I um, I kind of started off my professional career. I worked for a member of Congress um, for for about four years. Um, from there, I ran for office myself. I, I served in the Massachusetts legislature as a state representative. I got elected three times here in Massachusetts, wow. uh, represented 10 towns uh, in the legislature. That was real exciting. And then in um, 2011, February of 2011, um, I just got reelected in 2010, got sworn in in January. But um, President Bush got elected also in 2010 nationally. And in 2011, I got appointed by him to manage a federal agency, the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, Rural Development Agency for uh, Southern New England, Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Um, so from the legislature, I went into managing a staff of about 75 people spread over three states. And uh, what we did uh, at the at rural development was it was an agency which focused on small towns and uh, providing resources to those small communities in terms of 
police stations, fire stations, drinking water, sewer systems, economic development. Um, we oversaw a program called the Farmers Home Administration, which was a a, uh, a program which helped uh, low-income people or people of need get into their houses, like buy houses and finance houses. So I did that for eight years. Um, and then after there, I went to work for a, um, a local college, Anna Maria College. I was the director of the Molly Bish Center, which um, was a center which focused on uh, the protection of the elderly and children. And we did educational programming, training of law enforcement, put on seminars, which focused on uh, elderly and, and children. Um, and then Sheriff Evangelitis got elected sheriff. So the, the way the jail structured, it's the sheriff and then the superintendent, and then under me are about 613 employees. So he got elected uh, to office and he had this plan. He's a great guy who really was a reformer. And the sheriff's department in Worcester County historically was a political patronage. You had to know someone to work there. It was very politically driven. And he ran with this philosophy of he wanted to professionalize the department, remove politics from the, from the department, and kind of turn it around and turn it into, it's probably one of the best sheriff's departments in Massachusetts, if not the country now. So he got elected, and I, I knew him and, and had known him for years. And he turned to me and said, Dave, you manage. You know how to manage things. You can get things done. He goes, I need someone to come work with me at the jail to help to help me implement all these great ideas that I have. And so I'm like, well, I could do that. So I, um, I went to work for him for two years. I worked as a chief deputy um, superintendent, uh, chief deputy um, for him. And then two years into his term, I got he appointed me as superintendent. And I kind of took over the running of the, the operation for him. So my job is I oversee the day-to-day -day operations of the entire facility for him and help him kind of implement the ideas that he has. Beautiful. That's cool. Yeah. It, it's awesome. And, and, you know, someone said to me once, they're like, well, how can you manage a jail? You don't have the corrections background. And, you know, I think it's kind of important that folks are like, you know, managing is managing. You, you know, a budget's a budget, whether it be, you know, a, a budget of a, a, of a farming agency or a development agency or a business, you know, HR is HR. Um, you know, but, but being a good manager really comes down to just treating people nice. Like, you know what I mean? You, you I want to, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated when I go to work. So I bring that philosophy to, to work with me every day. But I think the, the biggest thing about being a, a good manager and a successful manager is you can't be afraid to surround yourself with people smarter than you. I, and, and that's how I feel at, at running this correctional facility right now is, I've brought people around me, like my assistant superintendent for operations. He, you know, Chris Brothers oversees the correctional side of the jail. He is a career person there. He grew up in corrections. He's a very smart guy. And he kind of advises me on corrections issues. And on the other side of the equation, I have this gentleman named Jay Reeves, who oversees the operational side, the finance, the budgeting, the HR with me. So he has that, that background. And you know, you, you can't be afraid. You can't push people away because they, you think that they're going to take your job or they're smarter than you or, you know, you, you got to be able to bring them into the fold. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not the brightest bulb in the world, but I'm smart enough to know that I recognize good people. And the command staff that I have around me and the sheriff and all of us, um, we do a really good job. I'm really proud of the work that we do there. I love it. That's and awesome. I love, I love the advice of, you know, A, treating everyone how you want to be treated at the office. Yeah. I think every management should run that way, you know? Yes. And 
the advice of you're right. You can't be intimidated by people who are smarter than you. You can't be like afraid to bring them on board because there are people who at times have different talents than you do that you, you know, that you need in this facility. There's people there that bring different things to the table that maybe you don't, but you know, yeah. instead of being, I'm in charge, I'm above you, you know, yeah. Dave, what can you do for us? What can, how can you help us today? Yeah. So, I mean, and, you know, we're all in it together. I think I, I sent you some pictures. If you want to show the one of the jails, yes. right, what we do and give you a good view of uh, the facility. So, well, while one second. Let me pull that up. So, you're talking about... One of the aerial shots. There's a couple good... I think there's one of the farm and everything else. Yep. That shows you. Here's the farm. Y'all see that? Um, nope. It just I, still shows the... Like all the pictures, honey. I just see the files, the all the different files still. Hmm. Give me one second. Sorry, folks, technicals. This better? Sharing uh, Give me one second. What are you guys looking at? Um. Well, I'll I'll keep talking while you're pulling it up. That way, there we, we don't have the uncomfortable pause while we stare at you. <laughs> yeah. Sounds <laughs> good. Have you, have you noticed that everybody does that to IT people? Like they'll be working on your computer, you just stand there and stare at them. Like, here, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna watch you. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. There uh, we go. This is what I wanted. This better. That's it. That's awesome. So this there is, you go. So, so as you're looking at this picture, we're one of the larger facilities in the state. So Worcester County has over 800,000 residents. Um, our facility that you see here is. Um, designed to hold 1,252 men. We are just men. If you're a woman in Worcester County and you're sent to the county facility, we ship you out to Hamden County. So they house all of our women for us. So we hold up to 1,252 men. We're both sentenced and pretrial. So what that means is we have two populations at the jail. Anyone who's awaiting trial in Worcester County for a crime is with us. So we have maximum security guys with us who are been charged with murder, rape, arson, some very serious crimes. And then on the other side, our house side, are the sentence individuals. And those men have sentences of two and a half years or less. So, but they're, they're more of lower level crimes. You know, the murderers go up, go up upstate, they call it uh, the DOC facilities. The you know, guys that are with us for drinking and driving, or they may have some larceny charges, assault and batteries. Um, they're with us. The average day right now is about 120 days uh, for, for a sentenced individual. The pretrial guys are all over the place. They could be with us for years awaiting trial or, or days they get arrested and bailed out. But what you see is the facility's large. The, the perimeter of our secure, of our, the, the distance of our perimeter from one point around the circle is about a mile. Um, we have a lot of different buildings. And what, what you're looking at here is in addition to the the jail, which is in the, the back side of the picture, the front side that you're looking at is we have an active farm on the property too. We farm over 15 acres. Um, we grow thousands of pounds of fresh, fresh vegetables a year that we use inside the jail, but then most of it gets donated to the community. We give it to veteran shelters, homeless shelters, food pantries. We deliver it to senior centers. So it gets distributed out across Worcester County. And the inmates, a handful of inmates from the jail work on the farm. And I had one of them say to the sheriff last year, he was out there working on the farm. And he said, you know, all, I've been thinking about all the things that I've done to society. And he goes, I feel so good about myself right now, growing these vegetables and then seeing it go back to the community and, and giving back a little bit. And 
you know, it was, it was such a nice thing to hear them say. And, you know, they, they, it's voluntary. They're not forced to work on the farm, but we do have a handful of guys that like it. They get to get out every day. You know, they're out in the fresh air. They work on the farm. And then what you see at the bottom part of the picture, that riding rink, which is looks like a big sand uh, beach area, that's, uh-huh. a, that's a horse. That's our horse barn. Uh, the Worcester, the city of Worcester mounted horse unit lives with us. They, uh, I have a, I had some property. They needed a place to house their horses. We had an old barn that we renovated, and their five horses live on the property with us. So we like having them around too. That's yeah, it's really kind of. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see the horses. They're beautiful, and you know they train. They train around the property. So you'll be sitting in your office. You look out the window, and the horses are going by, and it's kind of nice to see them. They're, they're, they're a nice group. It's a good partnership to have with the city of Worcester too. We're, we're kind of proud of the work that we do with them. Um, we, we do a lot of things, um, at the jail for the inmates. And, and if I ramble on, just stop me, Nick. Whenever no, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so we, so right now because of COVID and a lot of the changes that have happened, our population's down to just under 700, um, right now. So we're, we're a little low. Um, population wise, but it's been good for us because we've taken this opportunity to kind of go through the jail and revamp a lot of things. We're um, fixing up housing units. We're cleaning things up a little bit, doing some maintenance that we haven't been able to do when we were fully, fully booked. Um, I think I sent you um, a picture of a new building. We're, we're really, we're really proud of this. The jail's old. The, the There it is right there. So the jail was built in 1973, the main jail. And then in the 90s, we doubled the size and added on, we call it the modular compound. It was um, it doubled the size of the jail, added added housing for almost 600 inmates. and um, it, But it was designed for only about a 20-year useful life, but it opened in 92. So if you do the math, we're, we're still using it. So one of the issues I had um, back about seven years ago, the medical building, started rotting and it was getting so bad the floors were actually sinking in in the middle of the building so the doors didn't shut because all the door jams were off so this this picture you see right here this was seven years of my life i started about seven years ago advocating for funding for a new medical facility for the jail so this building that you see just opened up we did our ribbon cutting um back in june on june 16th this building the front of the building is a medical clinic we have doctor's offices, exam rooms, dentist office, eye doctor. Um, this is a picture of some of the, this was just as we get ready to open. So it was almost done with construction, but these are our medical exam rooms. This is a new inmate room upstairs. We have uh, inmate housing for sick inmates. This is a group room, holds six, six, in, um, six individuals. I keep flipping. I'll kind of tell you what some of the other pictures are here. I sent you the um, uh, exam rooms, pictures. This is another good shot of the jail. But, but we were really excited about this medical facility open up. If you think about it, we deal with thousands of men a year coming off the streets. A lot of them are addicted to drugs. They have mental health issues. Um, they're not exactly taking care of themselves you know, when they're out in society. So we get them. And this facility is going to allow us to provide top-notch medical treatment as they're coming in. We'll be able to detox them off the drugs. Um, you know, perform dental work on them if they need it, kind of get them stabilized and healthy again so that the criminal justice system can, you know, do whatever it does to them and, and whatever path it holds for them. But this facility was a godsend for us, not just for the inmates, but for our staff too. 
it's it's a nice building. It's safer for our staff. It's better. It's a better environment for them to work in too. So we kind of see it as a win-win for all of us. But it was really exciting to open it up. Um, so with the space that we 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 were able to free up that's moved into this building, we're renovating it for for staff offices. And the next thing I'm opening up on um, August 30th is we're taking one of the housing units that this freed up, and we're creating a mental health unit. So for the first time. Ever, we'll actually have a 36-bed self-contained uh, mental health unit inside the jail where guys can get some proper mental health care, you know, group sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions. They'll live here. They'll have all their lunches here, the classes there. And it will kind of just be like if it, it mirrors the outside world in terms of services that they'll receive. We hired some more clinicians and mental health staff to man it. It's going to be a seven-day-a-week programming for them. That's beautiful. I love, love, love that idea. Yeah, we're, you're, not we're, just, you're not just throwing them in between the concrete walls and saying, you know, welcome home or something like that. You're, yeah. you're doing your, your goal. It sounds like your goal is to get them back out on the street reformed. It, it is. So we are the Worcester County House of Corrections. And uh, I, I still remember this vividly. The Sheriff Evangelist's pasture gave um, the the opening remarks when he was first sworn in, and in his in his prayer he says, "May this truly be a house of correction," and um, you know, and that has been our goal from day one is to kind of add a lot of new programming to the jail and a lot more services for people. Because if you think about it, this is Worcester County. I live in Worcester County. Just until September something, he lives in Worcester County. The, the, the men that come here live in our towns. And when they leave here, they're coming back into our communities too. So, you know, I think we owe it to them and to us in society to really put a lot of effort into the programming and services to really help them change their criminal behavior and really help put, put them on a new path because everybody benefits. We benefit, society benefits, and they do too. And, you know, as we remind ourselves on a, on a daily basis, I'm not a police officer, I didn't arrest them. I'm not the judge, I'm not the jury. We don't judge you. We're here to do a job. Care, custody, control, rehabilitation. And and we take it very seriously. And you know, and we've really been trying over the years to implement a lot of, a lot of new programming that works and that that has clinical um, you know, that that that's clinically correct to do. Um, and we're really excited about it. And and mental health and substance abuse is a big problem. Um, everywhere, you know, eighty percent of the men that come into our facility have a substance abuse issue, you know, and then most of them have dual diagnosis. They suffer from some sort of mental illness, also. So, being able to stabilize them, um, and you know, for years we did a really good job. Our mental health staff's top notch. I, I love them to death. They're a great crew. They do a really good job of triaging, stabilizing, and you know, treating these guys but we've never been able to do it in a group setting. So we have guys spread across the jail that are living in general population that we're able to give some sort, you know, some basic treatment to, but having this new facility set up for them will allow us to do so much more for them. Love it. Love it. I believe Jessica has a question for you. Yeah. Um, so you kind of talked about this a little bit, but um, what, like when you kind of first started, like mm -hmm. started your career, what um, made you kind of decide you really wanted to get into what you are into now? So I'll be honest with you. I, I, I Sheriff Evangelist got elected back in um, 
geez, what was it, 2010. So he took office in, in 11. And, you know, I helped him run for office. I knew him. I was a friend of him. And he got elected. And he's like, come work for me. And I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like what I was doing at Anna Maria. I'm like, I didn't know corrections. I, you know, I didn't, I'm not a, I don't have a corrections background. But he sat down and he talked to me. He goes, Dave, you're a good manager. He goes, you have good ideas. And he goes, but most of all, you care about people. And he's like, this is what we want to do here. Because again, like I told you, the Worcester County Sheriff's Office did not have the best reputation years ago. It was known as political patronage. To get a job there, you had to know somebody. You had to donate money to get promoted. It really wasn't known for its innovation in terms of programming and care of, of the inmates. It was just this cesspool of political patronage. And I didn't know if I really wanted to work there. So, you know, we had sat down, we talked about it. I agreed to come work for them. And after being there for a couple years, um, our superintendent, Sean Jenkins, uh, which lives out in the Boston area, um, he left to get take a job out there. And the sheriff's like, I'm not even going to look for somebody. You're the man. I want you to do this. So I did it. And I don't regret it at all. I mean, I, I think um, I, I love what I do. I love going to work every day. Um, I think the best part of it is the people I work with are awesome. You know, there's over 13 employees there. We're like a small city. We have maintenance staff, correctional staff, you know, doctors, nurses, people that work in the kitchen, drivers, everything. And they're all wonderful. They all care about what they do. They all want to make a difference. So that that's rewarding. But what I love, too, is helping people out. So the other day I was going to a car wash down the road from the jail and I, I bring my cruiser through it every day on the ride home and wash it off. And I pulled in a couple of months ago and this guy's looking at me and he's waving. And so I'm rolling down the window thinking like, thinking maybe my thing didn't work, you know, for the pay, the, the barcode thing. And he goes, do you recognize me? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't. He goes, I was a former inmate there. I got out last year and I want to thank you for what you do. He goes, I have been in and out of jail most of my life, adult life. And he goes, you guys, what you're doing there is wonderful. I've turned my life around. He goes, I'm the manager. I'm managing different car washes for this company. Now they own car washes in different towns. He goes, I'm the manager. He goes, and I'm so proud of it. He goes, and it's because you guys helped me out. He goes, you guys made me change how I think. And he goes, I'm so happy now. And so it's great. I mean, it makes you feel good to bump into people, um, you know, and see that they're doing good and that what we're doing works. Wow. Yeah. I love that story. Oh, it's great. That is, that is a testimony right there. That is a that is a testimonial right there. Like that is something you have to get in writing, my friend. Ah, well, it's good. And yeah, we have a lot of stories like that. You talk to inmates and, you know, but then again, you I'll be out and you bump into guys on the streets and they're not doing well. And, you know, they, they're, they're struggling in life and you feel bad for them. And, you know, I think what, I think what we really have tried to do in the jail has been, um, the, 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 the guys that are ready. And this is too, is you can't force someone to change their behavior. You really can't, you know, no. we try to support them. We try to work with them. Um, but we really do at some point have to say, you, you, you know, you're not, you know, we, we take them out of the program or remove them from certain things because they're not participating. They're being disruptive, but the guys that are ready to do it, we're ready. We're ready to help them, you know, and they have to be mentally mm -hmm. To change their lives and and you know to to take it seriously and once they're ready to do that we're here for them that's beautiful you sound very passionate about your work so i want to ask you mm -hmm. what's your inspiration what when you wake up every morning what drives you to go to work like what makes you say i get to go to work today uh, so know? again a lot of it is 
the the place is exciting. So you know, I as Jess knows, I'm a little bit of a high. You see me move. I'm a little bit of a hyperactive guy. Uh, you know, I like moving around and doing things. I love working. So you know, getting up and just doing any job it is fun for me. But I really like what I what I enjoy about the role that I'm in right now is um, the sheriff's a wonderful guy to work for. So um, he gives us he every day he challenges us to do more to do better you know, and, and, and pushes us. And I like that, but what I really enjoy about my job and as manager, as anyone who's looking to be a manager, this is a, the suggestion from a subordinate I want to give you. He will tell us, this is what, here's my goal. I want you to get us here. And our job is, he doesn't care how we get there. Like the path could be like this, the path could be a straight line. It could be easy. It could be hard, but he, he gives us direction. He gives us a vision and then he lets us do it. Like he lets us take control and, and figure out how to get to that point. And that really motivates me. I, I love having a boss that has a lot of faith, um, a lot of faith in me and who gives me the opportunity to kind of do it to, to achieve his goals because he's the boss, he's the sheriff, but to let, let him kind of do it our way, like let the jail kind of myself and my assistant superintendents and everybody kind of do it. Beautiful. Just under you. <clears throat> um. Yeah, you've talked so you've talked about um, what's like the most rewarding part of your job. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say is the most challenging or difficult part? Do you think? So I think the cha most challenging part of the job has to be we you have. It, it, I don't even know how to describe this to people. The, a jail, especially an old jail, is probably one of the most unpredictable things you can work at. Like you can never go to work and say, this is what I'm going to do today. Cause you walk into work and it's, we call it God's wheel of destiny. What's God have in store for us today? Well, let's spin the wheel and see where it stops. So I, I didn't, I didn't send you the video, Nick, but so the other day I show up, I, I leave work and there's a line. This was a um, remember those th thunderstorms just last Wednesday that come that rolled through. I get home. I'm not home for an hour. I get a phone call. You're not going to believe what just happened. I'm like, what they're like, we're sending you the video. I'm watching the video of our modular compound and you can see in the distance like trees and the trees start moving a little bit. And we're like, wow, that's cool. And then this little microburst comes out of the trees through our yard. It starts spinning around. You can see like officers running and everyone scurrying and it peels back the roof of one of our buildings. Like, you know, so like there was a building that we used for the visiting. It's the visiting center for half the jail. So the roof gets peeled up, water peels in. The building's unusable now. Like it's it's damaged, I think, beyond repair. And you know, it's like so unexpected. It's like, well, how do you how do you find the money to fix that in your budget? And how do you how do you where are we going to do visits at? And how do you you know on the fly solve all these problems? Um, I love that part of the job. I love every day addressing the challenges that are thrown at you. And then you're dealing with you know hundreds and hundreds of inmates that are unpredictable, um, you know, and the, and the things that they do. So I think the most challenging part of my job is, and the hardest part is, is every day you have to be ready for something to happen that you, you that's unexpected. And it does, it does challenge you because uh, again, it's an old, it's an old jail. Things are always breaking. This is happening. That's happening. Um, you know, you'll get the phone call on the weekend Oh my God, the sewer line just backed up the sewage running down the you know road. And it's just like things like that happen all the time or 
a fight breaks out or someone gets injured or something happens. So that's probably the most challenging part of it. You mm-hmm. just never know from day to day what's going to happen walking into the job. Mm-hmm. A quick follow-up. What is your plan for that building now? Or are you still developing that? So what we ended up doing was, and it's kind of hard to uh, uh, explain. So if you picture the jail, we have two visiting rooms and they're spread out. Like one serves as this part of the jail and one's this part. So what we ended up doing was reworking our visitor schedule temporarily. So everyone's using one visitor room, but you can't mix the inmates. Like you can't have different housing units in there at the same time. So we have this very complex schedule now for the week so that every inmate has the chance for a couple of visits with their family members. And we're just, we're just walking people up. Um, and if you remember the picture, we're pretty spread out. So mm-hmm. the, the mods that have to walk up to the main jail have to walk outside probably a half mile. So, mm. and it's not bad. Today was beautiful. What's going to happen if we don't have a, a permanent solution in the snow and the rain and everything else? So, um, the other thing we do is there's a state agency called DCAM. It's the Division of Capital and Asset Management, and they they're the ones that fund new. They're the ones that funded that new building for me. I've reached out to them, and um, they're helping me do a quick study of the damage to the building and then possible. Uh, temporary solutions till we can come up with a permanent one. I think what's probably going to happen is we're probably going to tear the building down and we're, we're looking at um, some sort of modular construction or modular, like a double wide trailers that we can bring in and to make a new visiting room and for staff offices and stuff like that. So nice. it's still being developed. I, I will have a better idea next week of where we're going with it. Mm-hmm. Now you touched a little bit on this earlier, but you said like you have some programs that help better inmates that help like while they're in the facility, not just like detox, but like you sent me an article or a video about like a choir program or things like that. Or you said like the farming program, you know, what other programs do you offer for so, these situations? So we have, we have all the typical programs that correctional facilities run. We do the high set or the GED, you know, the, the high school equivalent um, testing. One of the things that's unique about Worcester County and Worcester in general, so West Boylston, where our facility is located, is right next to the city of Worcester. Well, Worcester has eight colleges, and we've tapped into a lot of them. Um, The music program article that I sent you, we started this a couple years ago. Um, It's taught by Anne Maria College out of Paxton. There are two professors and four interns come out, and it's basically a 12-week class. It's a college-level class. And what the inmates do is we bought them guitars and those beatboxes and some pianos and things like that. And they spend 12 weeks learning about music, learning about different genres, learning about how songs are written. Um, They learn how to, you know, some of them learn how to play guitar, some already do. But over the 12 week period, they're, they're learning to write songs about their lives about how they got there. And every week is pretty cool. Every week there's a theme. Like you'll walk into the class one week and this week's family. They're all sitting there writing songs or like some tunes about their families. And the next week would be, you know, relationships or what I did wrong and all that. So every week's a different theme. And then what's really nice at the end of the 12 weeks, we have a concert where they perform. And that's what I sent you the video of was one of their concerts. Um, They perform their songs that they wrote at the end of the 12 weeks. And we allow family members to come in uh, to, for the concert. 
So we, they put on a concert, the family members get to hear it. And then afterwards, we have a little reception for them and their family members, you know, cookies and things like that. And they can interact with their families. And it's very special for them because in our facility, we don't allow contact visits. So every visit that an inmate has with their family members behind glass over a phone. So to be able to have your family members come into the chapel, hear the concert, and then sit with you afterwards and hug you and have cookies and things like that, it's really, it's really, um, it, it's really beneficial to them. So we love that program. That's taught by Anna Maria College. And then the other thing we started was we built a restaurant inside the jail, and uh, Quinn Sigmund Community Call. And this is a real right. This is we call it the Quarter One Cafe, and it it came out awesome. We have friolators and pizza ovens and it's set up just like it, if you stand at the counter looking into the into the kitchen area it's like you're in chipotle or something it, it's it and what happened yeah what happened was i had the idea to do it and the sheriff and i were talking about it and we brought in the restaurant some people from local restaurants and quinsigaman community college who their professors teach the culinary program for us and as we were designing it they were like if you're going to do it, it has to be realistic. Like this has to be a real restaurant. So it's laid out just like you were working in a real restaurant. And then what we did, we added a little extra space so that you could do teaching in it and people could be around a table and stuff like that. Um, so they get they get 180 hours of training um, in the culinary program. And then afterwards, they get a certificate from Quinsigamon Community College and it's it's four different certificates that the restaurant industry is looking for for help to come in. It's the serve safe certificate. It's allergies. It's you know safe um, safe food handling. They learn they learn a lot of basic prep skills, knife handling, how to cut vegetables, um, how to make different things. So it's a really good program, and it's been beneficial for all of us. So we use the restaurant. We scheduled it so staff during the day can go get lunch. And then when their lunch is done, the culinary program starts afterwards. So we're getting dual use out of this new restaurant inside the jail. And it came out beautiful. It came out better than expected. And the program's been wonderful. And at the end of this program, on, on their graduation day, we let them invite family members in. And they get to cook for their family members and then have lunch with them afterwards. So they enjoy that part of it, too. So awesome. trying to find ways to, you know, you don't always want to beat people down. We know that doesn't work. So you you, right. you you want to give them incentives for good behavior and incentives for, you know, doing the right thing. So the, the family members coming in and interacting with them has been a big sticking carrot for them. It's something that's gone over really well. And these guys are enjoying, not only enjoying the programs, but, you know, I think that being able to hug your child and have lunch with your wife or your mother coming in to see you has been a big benefit for them. I must say I love how you are including family and in everything that you're doing right now. Like you're saying you want the family to be there at the concert. You want the family to try this restaurant. That's a huge thing. Cause I remember I saw a video about a former jewel thief who was on YouTube right now. And he said one of the hardest things for him being in business was the fact that he missed his child growing up. Oh yeah. He yeah. missed like he went in when his daughter was like two, he got 10 years. His daughter's 12 going on 13. Yeah. He missed everything. Like he missed, you know, all of the, you know, all the firsts, all he missed potty training, you name it. He missed it. And, you know, yeah. So, but I love how you're like, Hey, your family's going to be here for this or your family's going to hear this song. Yeah. You know, and for a lot of them, for their, for their children, 
this father doing something good and positive is very important too. Cause you remember these, these kids have probably never seen their father succeed at something, you know, they're in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of nice. And, you know, I, I, you know, we give them certificates and all that. And, and I remember a father showing his son, he's like, look at, I graduated. I got a certificate from the pride. Just so proud. Like I accomplished something, something good. And, and it, it really is, you know, one of the things we, we had started working on was, so connecting these fathers with their children for reentry into society is very important. Um, we were just in the process of starting this reunification program where we were going to have the kids come in um, before release so they could start interacting with their father again. We had to stop it because of COVID. So we're hoping really to get through this whole pandemic nonsense and be able to get that program going again. But I, I didn't mention it, but one of the things in our mental health unit that we want to do is um, for the guys that are doing well and participating is a monthly family night. So we were going to uh, let family members come in and have dinner with them and we'll cook it in the restaurant and bring it down to the housing unit that they're in. And you know, we have pizzas and salads and different dinners. And so we want to we want to introduce families into the into their treatment, too, um, because we feel that that'd be very uh, beneficial. Yes, 100 percent. So we do culinary, we have uh, the music program. Uh, another thing we do at the jail is there's this, there's a, a shelter, an animal shelter mass in central mass called the second chance animal shelter. And they are a no kill rescue. So we've been working with them for years now. They'll, they'll take dogs, they'll rescue dogs that need to be socialization skills to go, to go out and get adopted. You know, the dog jumps, the dog barks, or just doesn't know how to, how to how to live in a house we have a separate housing unit that's kind of outside of the jail with a nice fenced in yard and the inmates are trained to work with the dogs and the, the dogs live in the housing unit with the inmates uh the inmates teach them to sit stay you know all the other stuff and then they, they go out for adoption and we've had over 100 dogs come through our program since we started it they've all wow. been they've all been adopted and the funniest thing I think like 60 or 60 to 70 of them have been adopted by our own staff because the, the housing unit that the dogs are in is right next to the parking lot. So you come to work, you're out there. It's like, Oh my God, look at the beautiful dog. And you know, you fall in love with it and you end up adopting it. <laughs> That's awesome. Follow question. Have you adopted a dog? Uh, from- you know, we have our dogs. Stella's come to work with me before, but believe it or not, I almost did. I brought, I, there was a little Boston Terrier that showed up there and, uh, I, we have smaller dogs. We have had Boston Terriers and we have a French Bulldog right now. We love that. I love those breeds. I, we were considering it. Um, but at that time, it, it, our other dog was getting older and this wouldn't have been a good fit to, you know, to bring a younger yeah. dog. Thing. So, but um, it's fun. I got to tell you, if you're having a bad day around our jail, you can go visit the dogs. If the dogs don't work, you go down and visit the horses, you know, so it's kind of fun. We have, we have the animals around that, that you can go see. And then the horses, we have a, a barn cat down there that lives down there freeway. So oh, cool. way down there. So it's kind of nice. Yeah. The other day we had a meeting in my office and uh, Hillary who oversees the dog program for us, she had to come to the meeting and we had, we said, bring your dog. So she brought a dog to the meeting with her. So the dog was in there. So it's kind of fun. Makes meetings fun when you have an animal in the room. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, so. nice. so we do that, um, a whole host of things, the farm, uh, we do a lot of training programs, like industrial style training programs. Um, and uh, we're always looking for new things to introduce. 
But one of the things we're really trying to focus on is working with the business community in Worcester County to do what they, we, we want these guys to, to get skills that they can go and get jobs with afterwards. So a lot of our programming, we're tweaking it and changing it to match what they're looking for. And we do meet, like we just had the Blackstone uh, Valley Chamber of Commerce and the business group. Uh, we work with them and they're, they're helping us design different programs that they know they have jobs they could fill. So when these guys get out, there's, they've already been trained, the basic skills they need to do these jobs, and they can leave the jail and go right into some employment. Nice. I love it. Great. Love it. Follow you, honey. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned you have a lot of, like, awesome stories. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'll be specific. Do you have any, like, feel-good stories about um, any of, like, the inmates training the dogs, like, any, like, specific care? If that makes sense. So it, it's fine. It, one of the things that's been is so the inmates they have a photo album of every dog that has come through the program, and they they keep, have stories about it. One of the things which was really kind of neat to see, once the dogs started coming into this housing unit, the stress level dropped dramatically. Like not just with the inmates, but with our staff too, working in the building. I mean. How can you be angry with dogs running around? Like, you know what I mean? Right, no. And, and I got to tell you, some of these dogs are nuts. Like, we had a coonhound that came in there. And my office is a little bit away from this building. I'll be, I would be inside, and you could hear that dog, that howl that that coonhound had was awesome. Like, it just, it was the coolest sound. Um, we've had nutty dogs. It's, it's kind of like, uh, who's it, the Dr. Seuss book there. You know, red dogs, blue dogs, big dogs, little dogs. Um, and it's, it's been such a wonderful program, but to see them get adopted too. And we did at, at the one year anniversary of the program, we had a reunion. We invited people back with their mm -hmm. dogs, you know, they were doing Aww. at a little party so that that was fun. Um, but the awesome. that sometimes, you know, some guys are there for a while and they see four or five dogs come through the program and they, they get attached to them. It's hard to say goodbye, you know, to the dogs, mm -hmm. but you know, the nice part is, is we, we know they're all going to good homes. You know, they, they're going to the forever homes and uh, they're doing good and it, it makes you feel good. Yes. Yeah. To piggyback off of Jess's question, you mentioned like the car wash owner. Um, yes. What about feel good stories of inmates who have gone through your program and have changed their life around? Have you heard any, do you have any of those stories? Right. So um, the first music program we did, we had an inmate, believe it or not, John Wayne. Um, was his name. He um, he was in our first music program. He did an awesome job. He had some music skills. He knew how to, he had played guitar and all that. He was never taught. He kind of was self-taught. Um, so he picked up a lot of skills. He actually spent a good chunk of his life in and out of prison. And we really worked with him, gave him an opportunity. He became a leader in this program too with the other inmates. He, he graduated from the program. He got out of prison. His time was up. He's actually in the process of starting going to Anna Maria College into their, into their music major. He's doing so well. We actually brought him back. He, we, we had him come back for the last concert and he participated in it and he talked to the inmates and he performed. And so one of the things we did too was the program was pretty successful and there were guys that left prison that we still wanted to help help out so we we found that we were creatively some creative funding through the sheriff and some ideas he had we actually did a songwriting two class for 
guys that had left prison but were still interested in continuing learning about music. We 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 did an after incarceration music program. So these guys were able to get together. We paid Anne Maria College to continue to teach it, and they did. So they left prison and they still stayed involved in the music program. And John Wayne now he he got training. He's the manager of a group home for guys that are in recovery. Um, and I have to tell you, he's doing awesome. And it makes you feel so good to, to see these guys. And, you know, especially someone like him, he was getting to that point in life where he was almost at that point of no return. Like he almost was getting to the point where he's getting older. You know, he's kept going down the slippery slope that if he didn't do something soon, he probably wouldn't have been able to turn it around. But um, he's doing great. You know, he's yeah. another success. To hear that. Yeah. We're so so proud of him and the work that he's doing and the effort he's put in. Love it, love it. Um, so up next is the famous question of all. Um, Mm -hmm. here on BuddyCast, what does it mean? Use my yard. (laughs) Yes, you can use my yard. Yes, was that the question? I was just kidding. (laughs) We're gonna leave that as a personal joke. (laughs) We'll talk about that another time. But anyway. Um, Big question. So, buddy cast, buddy question. In your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Oh God, it 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 means to always be there for them through thick and thin. It means never to judge, never to criticize, always listen. You know, and I think that that's the biggest part of being a good buddy. Sometimes is you know you can sit there for hours and not say a word and just let someone talk and just listen to what they have to say and you know and uh, and, and just be there for them. Is kind of how I view a buddy. So, love it. Okay. Now, buddy, part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. So, if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Well, I got a bunch of them, but I think the one I'm going to think of right offhand would be the Second Chance Animal Shelter. Um, it's a it's a great local group. They run off of donations, um, and uh, I I would say Second Chance Animal Shelter would be my first choice right now because I know. Mm-hmm also loves animals like I do too. So yes. I got one of my dogs from them, the not the dog I have now, but the dog before we got a oh. pure German Shepherd. And they just were amazing. So Yeah, they do a great job. I love working with them. Um mm-hmm. best part of that program too, not to keep rambling on at the end of the show, was they pay for all the supplies. So it doesn't cost the jail anything to run that program. The the vet comes oh, out yeah, they provide us all the supplies we need to do it. So we would heavily encourage people to donate to the Second Chance Animal Shelter. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have to say, Nick, in, in, at the end of the show here, um, we are sad to see Jess leave us. So, yeah. you know, I got about a month there, month and a half or so. But yeah, funny for our viewers who don't know what's going on. What is Dave talking about? Well, well let me say it this way. Isn't Erie, Pennsylvania, isn't your nickname like the Gem City or something like that? Something like that. We have a, we have a bunch of nicknames. Mistake on the Lake. Uh, 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 it's Gem City. And yeah. next month, Erie, Pennsylvania will have a true gem living there. I think it's safe to say. So though you will live up to their, that name. So. Thank you, Dave. Yes. Yeah, next in the next couple months or so, yeah. give or take, I got some stuff I got to take care of here, but... Uh-huh. I will no longer be a Massachusetts resident. I will reside in Erie, PA, um, and that's really exciting. All right. Yeah, we're excited for both two good kids. So. Yeah. 
take good care of her for us. We, we oh, you her. know I will. You know, awesome. and hey, we're gonna have plenty of date nights with you guys. You know, oh, yeah, when we'll you guys are visiting her parents, and you know, we're gonna be back by we're gonna be back for Christmas. Awesome. So, that'd be fun. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. COVID pending. <laughs> yes, yes, with all that. Yeah, with, if everyone can get you know get on board and everything, we can. We'll have a nice Christmas. So, well, thanks for having me. This was great. Yes, yes. Oh, well, so buddy, fun. we have we have one more question for you. Okay, I'm gonna make this a two part question because I just thought of the first one. Uh -huh. The first one I'm gonna let Jess ask because she's doing odds. She's doing evens. I'm doing odds. Then I'll ask the second one. The last question, honey. The ultimate uh, podcast buddy question. We already asked that. The other ultimate buddy cast buddy question. Advice. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, uh, brain glitch. Oh. Oh, if, okay. So in your career, in your experience, uh, anyone going down that path that wants to kind of go down, like end up where you are today, um, what would your advice be? Oh, I mean, working in corrections is awesome. It, it, it's such a rewarding job. Um, you know, I, I would say visit a jail, like go maybe we give a lot of tours. So if someone's interested cool. in working in Worcester County, they can call it. I just actually gave, um, I brought someone who's interested in maybe being a nurse working for us. We brought her around this morning to show her the place in the, the center. Um, we've had, young men and women come visit us just to kind of get a feel for corrections and what we do. Um, I, that'd be my first advice is, is check it out. See if it's for you. Talk to people that work there. Um, you know, and then we do do career days and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, to attend one of those, but you know, working in corrections and in law enforcement and public in public safety to begin with is a very rewarding career, you know, and I, I would say there's so many things you could do from being a, firefighter, paramedic, to police officer, to corrections, to border patrol, to there's a whole host of things. So it's, it's very rewarding. Love it. And now part two, what I'm going to ask, mm -hmm. if there's anybody out there listening that maybe is going through some tough times right now, maybe might be on the pathway to ending up in a facility one day or something, mm -hmm. you know, something like that, not to judge anybody or anything like that, but if like there's like, they're going down that path and they know they want to better their lives. They know that if they don't start doing something now, then this might happen. What's your advice to them? I would say reach out to a family member or a friend right off the bat and say, I need help. I need some assistance. The, the nice thing is, especially here in Massachusetts and Worcester County, there's a lot of support services for folks from, from you know, drug treatment centers to diversion programs to counseling. Um, there's, there's a lot of help for folks that are ready to turn their lives around and go down a different path. And I think the big, the biggest thing anyone can do is reach out, reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member and say, I need help. And then, you know, we get calls a lot at the jail from people saying, geez, my relative is, you know, having this issue or that problem, any advice. And we have a whole list of different services that we can refer people to. And, you know, we, we do, we will help anybody out. You know, we have we have community correction centers in, in different towns that folks can stop by looking for help and we'll help anybody out. Beautiful. That's truly a positive note to end this episode on. So thank you so much, buddy. Buddy's for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. I learned a lot today. I don't know about you, Jess, but I certainly I've learned so much. I'm glad well, there are programs out there. 
uh, when you come back to visit us, you two come out. I'll take you for a tour. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love to see the yeah. building. It, yeah. it, it looks cool. The new building. I love it. Oh. It kind of makes me think of the Bruins. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful building. So, yeah, you, you, you caught our Bruins colors in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's nice. and That's baseball, honey. I know. I just had to. <laughs> I just had to. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you again. I, I had fun. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being a buddy, human buddy, Cash. You're no longer just a friend. You're a buddy. Awesome. You are an official buddy. Thank you. So for all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy, Dave Tuttle. Thank you again for being a buddy on Bycast. And Dave, I have one more favor to ask you before we end the show. Yeah. Go be someone's buddy today. You too. Thank you. I will. You too. <laughs> was that was that so, someone on? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> so um you Jess has been here before. We have a fire pit in our side field. And oh, yeah. There's a fire going, and there's there is uh, my my kids, my wife, my nephew, some of their friends. They're they're out there burning wood and having a Friday night adult beverage. Ah, well, I was so, about to say they timed it perfectly. I, so. think, I I think they're out there watching Buddy Cast too. So ah, I, that's funny. That makes sense now. Yeah, I think they're trying to hear if they can hear themselves. Uh, they can hear themselves. My wife's texting me that they are watching it up there. So they're awesome. I was about to say they time that perfectly if they're not. So I think my parents, my yeah, the, parents are too. Their parents, yeah. her parents. Are too, so. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jess, for being my lovely co-host as always. And for all my buddies out there, remember, go be someone's buddy. We'll catch you next time here on everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. Well, the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before